Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Poise Under Pressure podcast. I am your host, Eric Rodriguez. This is our very first episode, and that's why today we have a very special guest, a man who needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyways, just because he's pretty awesome. It's my pleasure to introduce the brilliant Jeff Weeks. Jeff, good morning. How's it going, buddy? Good morning, Eric. How you doing? Doing great here. Got a... uh... Recruits in here at Jackson State, our last recruiting weekend before we have signing date. So uh, we got breakfast here about 10 o'clock, but uh, doing well. Thank you. All right. It's good to hear. Well, I know you have a lot of uh, wisdom and advice that would help a lot of people out there that are tuning in today. That's why I tapped into you. I was like, you know what? Let's let's talk to Jeff. I know he has some good stuff to you know throw out there to everybody. So, you know, one of the main questions I wanted to ask you Obviously, in my eyes, and I'm sure to millions of other people, you are a, considered a successful man. And I want to ask you, what are some good habits, you know, that helped you become successful um, at all levels of coaching, and especially the NFL and then in life? Well, you know, I, I think it really starts with life, and it's really great. You got parents at home that can teach you the discipline, you know, doing simple, simple tasks, Mm-hmm. Is how we all get started. We don't realize, you know, hey, cleaning your room, taking out the trash, you know, getting up, brushing your teeth, eating breakfast, you know, at night, taking a shower, going to bed. Those simple ta- tasks are positive things and you keep doing them every day. It becomes a routine and a habit, you know, and as you get older, you get other things. And, and I grew up in northeastern Oklahoma in Bartlesville. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was a Navy man. My mom was a uh, she retired from the phone company after 40 years, Southwestern Bell, AT&T. So we were, we were kind of middle of the class and, and both my mom and dad grew up in Grapes of Wrath. So, okay. you, you know, you hear that stuff. It's disciplined. You get disciplined. And, and goals were big in my family. Uh, I was the youngest brother. So a lot of stuff, the bar was set and that's what you're going to do. And as you get into it, of course, you a lot of us young boys, you want to be firemen, you want to go to the moon, you, you, you know, want to be a policeman. I want to be a football player. I want to be a baseball player. And, uh, you know, those things started coming in and you learn the discipline through there, through doing all the all the things that you do. You know, as a kid, I, you know, when I was 13, I was mowing yards, had my own lawn business. When I was 16, I was insulating houses in the summer. And, and then 18, 19, I was, you know, helping with a construction company on roofing. And then I did uh, concrete, you know, all those are summer jobs coming through. So you get that discipline mm-hmm. and you go back and, and your parents tell you how hard it is and you're playing sports and you go, man, I want to do this. This is fun. And you get to work and do it. So. As I as I moved up, the goals moved up, but the discipline's tied at a young age, Eric. I mean, it's uh, right. You, know, you got to be disciplined. You got to stick to it. Don't lose your faith in it. Stay focused. To, to uh, you know, the task at hand. You know, the one thing that when you'll get into it a little bit with Coach Prime, he is so razor focused on everything he does. You know, this man's up at five thirty, probably maybe even earlier, and he goes at it. And he's doing something till he lays back down and he goes to bed pretty early, probably around eight o'clock, eight thirty. But it's just uh, and you learn that at a young age. I just think, you know, the more people, the coaches, the teachers. And that's why coaching and teaching is so important, because coaching and teaching is the same thing. You know, it's it's is she coaching English or teaching English or you're teaching football or coaching football. It goes hand in hand, right? Life and yeah. life and coaching. man. And I guess yeah. going back to that, too, is I'm noticing you you have a pretty crazy work ethic that is yeah i i can see that and, and you know and, and i think that's part of it as well you know is the discipline the work ethic that the time you got to put in you know when one thing for me was there was times where maybe i was overlooked 
or times I wasn't getting the job. But just like you said, you've got to keep your discipline and just keep putting the work in. Even when people say no, you know, even if you don't get oh, yeah. that spot or that time, keep putting the work in over, over and over. It, well, it eventually pays out. It does. And you look where Michael Jordan said how many times he failed. I mean, right. you can go to him. He, you know, he didn't make for a guy at that stature and, and seven NBA, I mean, six NBA championships, not to make a sophomore basketball team in high school. You think, wow. And, and you know, that motivating. And then yeah. that, now we'll take another guy that sounds like he's going to retire and Tom Brady. Tom Brady was a sixth round pick. And, and when you look at it, people go, why? Well, you look at him, look at the combine. He, that's probably where his body and maturity was. But people don't realize that Michigan, he had to make the team every week. He had another quarterback he had to beat out in college. Right. So it wasn't like he was waking up on Monday, Tuesday. Hey, we're playing, you know, Indiana. I got to get ready for that game. No, he's waking up saying, I got to go start this week. So that's driven him to get where he has been. And there's a lot of quarterbacks can check the box. But how many times? He, he's not going to fail. And how many times is he always comes through? He's poised under pressure. I, I mean, that's why you love him because of his intangibles. And that's why there is a science to recruiting in, in, in football players. There's a science into getting, you know, the people that the smartest and in, in your uh, CEOs and all that. Mm -hmm. But there's no science in the intangibles. And, and Tom Brady, you know, along with Joe Montana was another one that had a lot of intangibles that probably Joe Montana was a third round pick. So you just can't measure that. You can't measure the heart of someone. And that's why you see a lot of guys that maybe weren't picked. And like you said, we're told no. And, and I think no, obviously it motivated you and it's going to motivate you in your political career. And I know you're going to keep going after it. And it's motivated me in, in my athletic yep. career and, and to try to be successful. Every successful person, you know, you talk about Abraham Lincoln, all the no's he had too. So, you know, you're going to yeah. get told no. It, it's how you're going to react to that no. Exactly. I hope everybody's listening to that. That was a great, great response. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, no problem. Um, well, you just talked about the GOAT, and I know some people might get mad because, you know, I call Tom Brady the GOAT, but he is. You know, I, I think he's one of the greatest of all time at that position. So let me get your take on somebody else I consider a GOAT and somebody that you work with and you know on a daily basis. Dion Primetime Sanders. You know, growing you know, growing up, Coach Prime's a little younger than me. So I was actually I started my coaching career in, in 1987. So he's coming out. So I got to watch him play and everything. He's so phenomenal just watching him. He was electric. I think the first time he touched a punt, you know, he took it to the house. So, but uh, you know, and, and so you know, when you get to go do that, of course, I, you know, I was I, I'd already spent around 10 years in National Football League. So, you know, and there, you know as you're growing up, you know, players and everything else. So at first you're kind of starstruck. I mean, I, I coached against Tom Brady 17 times with the New York jets and, and the Buffalo bills proud to mm -hmm. say that we did beat them in the playoffs. And, and we were the first team to beat them in the divisional. I know they got beat this last week or the first team to beat Tom Brady in the divisional, but prime time. So awesome, man. He, he sets the table for us as a coach. He's a great motivator. He's real as he seems on social media. He's a no-nonsense guy. You know, he, he doesn't cuss. He doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. He'll tell you that, hey, he's got other faults, other sins. You know, his favorite word probably is not no-nonsense, cut the bull junk. And, yeah. You know, he says a lot. He's, he's a tough love guy, grew up tough love. Uh, you know, grew up in um, North Fort Myers, hustling baseballs is what he did. He has baseballs from the Kansas City Royals training camp, and he'd go get them on foul balls. And obviously, you know, he probably got there before everybody else. Right. So then he'd go get them signed and he'd, then he'd sell them. I mean, that's so the, the, he's been working hard his whole life. But, uh, 
you know, and the other thing that I really love about him, there, there's two people, my mother, she's passed and, and, and coach prime. And a lot of people will talk about God and Jesus Christ and whatever your faith is, people will talk mm -hmm. about that. And a lot of times, the more they talk, what I've learned in this life is like, yeah, you start finding things out, but we're all sinners. We're all, we're all going to be that and everything else. If you believe in the Christian faith right? and you believe in God and Jesus, but when this man says it, you know, he's down to earth and, and he'll tell you saying it on the other breath saying, I'm a sinner too. So it's not like he's preaching at you that he's better than you. He knows it and he means it and he brings it every day. And, and doing that, the thing that really touched me with him is when my mom passed, you know, for 48, for 58 years, this was my mother. And mm -hmm. it was kind of hard. I was kind of in a lull. But when I got with him, he reminded me so much more. Yeah, you love your parents, you love your loved ones and everything else. But he helped me and my son. My son was in a situation where when I took this job, I came here. Yeah, it was a great Deion Sanders. But you know what? I really felt this was a messenger from God to help me get back on my feet because it gave me my vision back because I kind of was lost without my mother. And, and, you know, I think everybody goes through that in life and, and you lose a parent or a sibling or somebody. It's yeah. tough. It's, it's part of the Christian faith and you got to get over it. But. He's been great, and he's, he's like I said, he's, he's great as a coach. Uh, I love he, – he lets me coach the way I want to, but he's really helped my son and, and, and me as far as the growth as a Christian because you can always grow in it and growth as a man. And that's why I love Deion Sanders. That's why, you know, because he kind of goes with Coach Prime and Deion too because he's, he's you know, he kind of is that superhero-type guy. But he's down to earth as anybody else, and he's really blessed my life. And like I said, I know I keep repeating it, but he's helped J.J. and me really well and, and in my Christian faith and just the growth as a man and wanting to be razor-focused and sharp and all those things. So it's been a godsend to be here with him. That's great. Yeah, he sounds yeah like an amazing person, and everything you just described is just getting the insight because you know us as fans we, we don't get that insight like you have so it's just it's awesome to just hear you break him down and explain like the person that he is off the football right. field that well, we he, see on tv also right he's an open book though i mean mm -hmm. everything he does is on twitter er everything so and he films everything if you go way back he had his shows you know and, and like i said he's had things in his life that hasn't gone well and it's been out there. It is on YouTube, but he's a man. He's a person. Mm -hmm. He is a sinner. And that's what we're taught. And, and he's not afraid to show it. He's not afraid to say, Hey, you do have those weaknesses. And, and like I said, if you believe in the Christian faith that you're going to be carnal, you're, you're going to be man. And, and he does every day, every day before we start something, it, it's a, it's a prayer. You know, we're always praying on something like that. So it's, and he's, he's also cognizant of, of other people and other religions. And, and uh, you know, he respects that, too. And, and that's what you got to love. He loves people. He's got all kinds of people around him that work from different faith, you know, different race, different creed, you know, all those things. And so he, he's, he's a worldly person. And I, that's what makes him so successful. And the fact that he's out there now. I mean, mm -hmm. he's a guy, you know, I work for another guy named Rex Ryan and his dad's Buddy Ryan. And I love them because they're from Oklahoma. And, and Buddy reminds me of my parents. But. You know, Rex is the same kind of guy, too. He, you know, Rex has fun, just like Dion, but, hey, it's all about one thing. And, and that, of course, in our business, it's about winning. And you can win in different ways. But when you're coaching the National Football League in college, it's about the wins and losses, and, and even in high school. But still, there's other ways to win. But we're measured as coaches, as, as Ws and Ls. So it's – but there are no nonsense about that. And that's what I love about both of them. But, you know, they're great people, and I've learned a lot from, uh, obviously, Buddy and, and Rex, but, you know, Prime, too, man. He's, he's a little different on stuff, but uh, 
I love his razor focus, sharp, and every day going to work. And, and he says you can do it too. It's not you don't have to be Deion Sanders to do this. You might have mm-hmm. to be Deion Sanders to play in the NFL at 37, but you know. <laughs> so anyway. right. well, let, well, let me ask you this next, Jeff. Since you, you obviously are a veteran of the game, you've been there, you know, for all levels of it. So what was one of the toughest losses, you know, in the in uh-huh. whatever level of the game that you were at and you know, what'd you learn from it? Well, you know, as you're, as you're going up, you win, win and lose and stuff. Sometimes you have a lot of success younger and everything else. But, you know, I was able to play sports pretty much. I was able to play football 17 years, but I didn't even start until I was a senior. I started in sixth grade in my YMCA team, and I was a little running back for the McKinley Dolphins. And that's, you know, back around then, it was about when the Dolphins were, I think, I'm kind of telling my age here, I think Dolphins went, went, went uh, 17 and 0. But the toughest okay. loss was my senior year, and we were playing the Sooner Spartans, our crosstown rival. I'm, in, I'm from Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and, and then they always had one high school, and then kind of in the late 60s, they made another high school. The town grew because <laughs> of Phillips Petroleum and the way it went, you know. But Sooner Spartans, I think, beat us the second or third time of schools in existence, like 1968. So we're in 1980, and this team never beats us. So, you know, you got a whole decade, over a decade, you know, 12 years or so. And they beat us. And, you know, it was tough because, you know, you got my brothers all went to this high school with me. We were college high Wildcats. And and we had a brand new coach, and Mickey Ripley, God bless him. He's uh, the good Lord's got him now. And he was a great coach, but he was new in town. And he kind of, you know, and I understand why he did it because there's other games that are important. It's not the only game. You got 10 games. You got three or four district games to go to, you know, the playoffs. And at that time, they were not our, not in our district. They were a 3A team. We were a 4A team. And, and so – he was trying to downplay the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. That kind, you know, he kind of, he didn't do it the next year. They beat him. But anyway, so we get beat by, by the Sooner Spartans, man. And I'm just, I'm feeling, you know, awful. It's like I let my brothers down. I let the college high Wildcats down and everything. And he said one of the most profound things ever. He goes, you know what? The sun's going to come up tomorrow. And then he goes, it may not come up in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, but it will rise somewhere else. And so will you. And you, will yes. this and you will go on and you'll take this loss and it'll make you a better person and you'll learn from it. And I've never forgot that because that was probably, you know, I can't, I go back and think there might've been another one when I was younger, we got beat by an all-star team that almost went to little league world series, but I didn't even take that loss that hard, but this loss and, and I've had a lot of losses, you know, I'm about five, a little over 500 as a player and a little over 500 or right at as, as a coach. So that, you know, the sun's always going to come up. It's always going to rise. It might be cloudy, but it's rising somewhere. And you That's can right. put that analogy or you can put that parable into your life. Because when you get knocked down, how are you going to respond? Are you going to be like the sun? Are you going to rise? Are you going to get up? Are you going to get up off the mat? Are you going to go get it done? Because nobody cares at the end of the day. You might have your mom, dad, and maybe, you know, some friends. If you're lucky, you got one good or two good friends after 60 years of life. So, Anyway, that sun will rise. So get up. I love it, man. And I think I just gained some more respect for you, mainly because you came from a 3A school, too. And that's where I, exactly where I came from. Rancis Pass High School, 3A school, so I could relate. Yeah, Rancis Pass. That's right. I, I so, think we, we were 4A for a minute, but we were really 3A, 4A. You know, so we hovered around that. We were in Oklahoma, so it's, you know, you, it, was, it was our footballs, obviously. We just don't have as many play, players as Texas. We were pretty good, but we, we model our stuff after Texas. I'm, I'll give Texas a plug. 
Appreciate since I, it. Since I live in Corpus Christi, so yeah, retired. That's right. Was retired, came back out of it. Well, speaking of that philosophy, which was a great philosophy, I hope everybody caught that also. Um, what is your coaching and leadership philosophy? I think, you know, it goes back to what I was talking about with uh, as, as far as discipline and everything else. I think your leadership and philosophy comes through through your work ethic, through the coaches you've had, the way you're being raised, the, the way, you know, the young coaches lead you and stuff. And and uh, the, way, the way I like to lead is work ethic. It's all going to start with work ethic because when you're working hard and you can get that done, it's going to go a long ways because, you know, you can outwork people. Obviously, skill set's good, but the motivation, the discipline, the offseason is so important in a football. you got to make sure you're out there grinding these guys, getting them going, and uh, just, you know, you start with one thing, work ethic, then you go with discipline. Then, then you try to find your leaders. Leaders are going to pop up, but you get those leaders, and as a coach, if you can get out there and teach those guys your philosophy as far as how to work, maybe and and how how to, how to do certain positions and how to teach and coach positions if you can get those players as you're getting going and you'll find it even at a young age guys are going to grab a hold of how you're going to lead and mm-hmm. then start leading you can get them because players are going to start gravitating towards players as a coach you're out there and you play you have a lot of control and the hardest thing about coaching is this is you got about 3% of what you do really hey, takes effect on the field you know right. Players are going to go out there. So what you can get instilled into your player as a coach, and they become the coach on the field. Now, how, how often does that happen? It doesn't happen often. But if you can get a player that can do that, you got a great football team because when they're out there and they're going through it because you're not doing it anymore, they're doing it. So if you can instill all those qualities as what you got as a coach, and as you learn that through coaching, as you learn that through growing in life, and it goes back to all the – uh, you know, all the hard work, the discipline, the stick to it, the stuff you've learned, the uh, philosophies you've had with coaches, what's worked. Uh, you know, you go through and you look at coaching circles and, and everything else with uh, when, with Rex Ryan. One of the things was uh, what he followed was Brian Billick. And Brian Billick was the Ravens. They won a Super Bowl there. But people mm-hmm. don't realize. A lot of people know Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh, Brian Billick was part of that. Well, Bill Walsh was a great San, San Francisco 49ers with Jerry Rice and Joe Montana and, and all them. And so when you look at that, a lot of people, Rex followed that kind of philosophy and that setup. Now, he also had his father, as, Rex, as Buddy Ryan. He had great philosophies too. And you can go through that, and as you pick those up, that's what I – I picked that up from other coaches as far as instilling that. That's the intangible stuff you can get. The X's and O's and stuff, that's going to be out there. That's been out there forever. You go look, and you got a philosophy of how you want to run offense, defense, special teams, or in basketball if you're going to run zone, man. Those things you're also going to learn as a coach, but you need to get with someone and learn that at a young age. In football like this, I was told by a coach, if you get out there and go learn a position, let's say I – so I learned – as a player, I learned wide receiver. So I became a student of the game as a wide receiver. Why I was learning wide receiver play and routes and everything else as I grew up all the way through college to my tryout in the NFL, I learned a lot about that playing receiver. The more I dug into it, guess what else I learned? I learned about defensive back play. I learned about secondary play. And when I went to college, one thing I, I had, a, you know, it was a great, it was a great, it was a godsend for me because I was going to be a coach, is my roommates end up being Rex and Rob Ryan, which I didn't oh, wow. know who Rex and Rob Ryan were. I didn't really know who Buddy Ryan was. This is 1981. 
course, I found out fast the, the great Chicago Bears under Buddy Ryan, but they kind of showed me how their dad, because those guys were going to be coaches right off the bat. That's right. what they were going to do. You know, all of us wanted to play pro football. And you figure out, hey, you, only, you know, less than 1% play pro football, by the way. But I learned about that defense. I learned, and it just intrigued me. And, and that's how I got into the D-line. As I started, I just got with the hip with these guys and went to every coaching thing I could. And, and I learned uh, – I mean, I learned how to, the defensive line works. Of course, you know somewhat a little bit about it, but not the nuts, nuts and bolts of, of, of the defensive line. So then I learned about defense in general. I knew about defensive back play playing wide receiver and the passing game of it. But then as I learned defensive line play – I learned about offensive line. And, you know, one, one of the things is you get in there and you get with everybody. I just didn't get with Rex. I got with other defensive line coaches. Uh, Carl Dunbar, I learned a lot from him. His philosophy was a lot like Buddy Ryan actually coached it. Rex Ryan coached him at the Arizona Carl. Carl Dunbar is at the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. I coached with him with the Jets and the Bills. Great, you know, he was, he was a great D lineman coming out of LSU. And, and now he's a great coach. And he's coached with Nick Saban at Alabama. You know, he's coached with us. And, uh, Carl's been around, and right now he's at the Pittsburgh Steelers. But you learn, you get your, your philosophies, then you put your twist to it, too. It's like a painter. It's like a musician. It's like anything else. One thing I'm proud about being a coach is, and I always call it the Holiday Inn kind of method. Hey, look, you see that musician up there at Holiday Inn back in the day, so I don't know what it is. would be nowadays. There's not a lot there at Holiday Inn Express, but they got a little band out there, you know, mm -hmm. or a one-man guy out there playing a guitar. And he's out there playing for tips. And the next thing you know, you, you go somewhere to a big venue and now he's playing with the band. That's the same thing in coaching. I have no problem. You know, oh, it's great to coach in the NFL, but where'd you start? Right. You start and, and, and coach is a coaching is a marathon. You get you don't get into it for the money. I mean, I can tell you this. My, my salary was twenty one thousand dollars when I first started in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, for real. I actually five hundred when I was a G.A. in nineteen eighty seven. But you learn. You learn how to coach. Your philosophy is going to emulate probably who you've been with that's been successful, and you do. You, we kind of say you kind of steal what you can get. You make it your own. Uh, the last thing I'll say about it is the great – everybody, all of us, could, Eric, we could all go make a cake, bake a cake. Now, I don't know what's going to taste like for me. You might be a great cake baker, but I'm not. <laughs> but if we go I'm to not. New Jersey, get one from the cake boss, mm -hmm. <laughs> they spend a lot of money. They're, no one's going to buy my cake, but still, it's <laughs> the same thing. I'm putting the same ingredients – What's your right. twist on it? What's your philosophy? So my philosophy is going to emulate things that are really good and the things that's worked for me. And you're going to learn and you'll feel as you get older into it what to do. But you also, to get the respect of your players, when you're younger coaching high school or college players, it's kind of like coaching your son. When you're coaching in the National Football League, it, it's like coaching your brother. And they're right. going to look to you for an answer. You can't just yell, scream, and motivate. That helps because those players still need motivation. Don't get me wrong. But – the thing you need to know is you need to know how to coach, get them out of trouble. And that's where, that's where it is where you work hard as a work ethic to learn how to coach. And, and, and you learn to, to really hone in on your craft. If it be D line, you're going to be a great D line coach. Well, guess what? You probably could coach O line too. So. Yeah. And I really love that, that whole breakdown because like you said, you, you, you took what you had and then you, you know, took from what everybody else was teaching you and you made it your own, which was unique. And man, look where it's led you. I love it. Yeah, it, it's it's been a great ride, and I've continued. I feel good. I'm a coach as long as I'm feeling good. All right. Well, I know you're a coach, and I also know that you're a teacher. Correct. Yes. Oh, yes. I've taught. You know, I've taught uh, PE every level. 
I've taught business classes. Actually, my last teaching uh, assignment was in Falfurtias, Texas. I coached the business computer models, and, and I was we were trying to get a lot of those people to be able to go pass that certification, and and they can go get jobs, you know, like at Amazon and those kind of places. If you get that that Microsoft, so I encourage all you you younger. If you're 16, 17, 18 in your situation, I know Corpus Christi ISD has it. A lot of them do to go get in those business models and, and take those classes because you can take a yeah. test. You can start making money for Amazon, Amazon Prime and, and do those things in the bigger cities or whatever. Just right around, you know, Fowl's not far from Houston and all that. You might be able to work some of that at home. But I know they're starting out at 40 and 50,000 once you can pass that stuff. So and, and that's where we're at. You know, I'm not I'm. I'm not a big analytic guy, but analytics have always been in our life, regardless if you were using chalk or a pen or a computer. Now, computers right. are important, but we still the human elements very, very important. So that's, you know, teaching has been great. It, it's teaching, coaching. It's all the same. The fundamentals of it. It's you got to work. You got to study. It's all the same. Love it. So, well, Jeff, let me ask you this next question. What are some high pressure moments where you saw players or examples of athletes that kept their poise under pressure. It, it starts to me is is you got to be whatever you're good at. You know, to, to be on when you get under pressure, you're going to have to be good at what you're doing. Right. So it goes back again. I know I'm redundant saying this, but it's work ethic. It goes back to the work ethic. It's about putting it in. If if you're let's say you're a wide receiver and you catch the football, because I'm going to use example for me. Okay. Is you know you're catching when you're little, you're throwing the ball. Well, you need reps. The same thing if you're if you're playing baseball or, or or basketball, shooting free throws or hitting the ball or catching the ball. How many reps are you going to take? Well, that's probably not enough. And what I ended up doing my uh, junior year in college, because you know when I grew up, I grew up in the '70s. We didn't throw the ball a lot. We threw it in 1980. We we threw it with that with with Coach Ripley. I caught 32 balls, which was a lot of balls back then in 1980, especially in Oklahoma. We didn't run the wishbone, which everybody else did, but. As I started going through college, I tried to find people to throw to me all the time. Now you got seven on seven and all that, but still. So my junior year, I went and bought a jugs machine. I taught my mom how to feed the jugs machine. So I'd catch thousands of balls a week because every time I thought about catching a ball, I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of opportunities. Okay. So I wanted to make sure any time that I got, because I was kind of a third down guy. I didn't go deep. And I knew my role. Well, I can't drop it. We got to give, we got to move the chains. You know, it's third and 10, third and 12, and I'm running what we call the dig route. So I would catch hundreds and hundreds of balls every day to where it'd be, you know, because it's easy. Because that judgment scene would just shoot. It's the same thing getting in the bad, you know, hitting, catch anything. So right. what I wanted to do physically first, I did the physical part of it. Run the routes, do everything, make sure my routes are good, and make sure I knew every call, everything we were doing. I ran them over and over again. Now, you can run the top of the route, the bottom of the route, where you're not, you know, actually wearing yourself out. But you need to know the route. You need to make the adjustments. You need to know the coverage. Okay, in cover two, I'm going to change the route. Cover three might be different. Man might be different. How's it going to change? You need to know that by the back of your hand. That's by studying and having a great work ethic. The other thing is, okay, I got to catch the ball. So catch a million balls. Just keep catching them over and over and over again. Okay, that's the physical part. Now go to the mental part of it. Jerry Rice used to sit there and visualize him. He visualized himself. And it, it, it's cool because I'm in the state of Mississippi and we played against Mississippi Valley State this year. Okay. You know, so, you know, so that's, you know, Jerry Rice is old school. But the mental preparation of visualizing you going down with, with millions of people yelling at you, you know, whatever, it's just packed. And you just running that route, catching that touchdown. 
it's not any different than golf or making a putt. I mean, you see them, no, you, you know, they get to do it without people yelling and screaming. If you're hitting a free throw, everybody in the gym's yelling at you. You know, that, that's, right. that's more pressure probably in football. You don't hear the crowd as much because you're in a stadium, you got a helmet on all that. But basketball, they're right up on you. But still, put yourself in that situation physically, come out and do it over and over and over. Then mentally, come out, do it over and over and over again. Then go look at Michael Jordan tape. Go look at Tom Brady tape. And I'm going to give you one. This is going to throw people off. Go look at Greg Leganis tape. Who? Greg Leganis? Oh, I don't know. He had about 47 world championships. He was a championship diver. Uh, You you know, you go look at the accolades of Greg Leganis. He's probably the biggest Herald champion as far as winning if any other man there is, because you look at all the championships and, and if, if you're, if you were around from 19, you know, seventies all the way to 2010, you know who Greg Leganis is because he represented the United States in, in, in the diving and he was always winning, but just imagine diving, diving. You'll take that because look how critical me and you could go, you know, if me and you did a one and a half or a two right now, Eric, I'd go, man, that's a great, but imagine <laughs> yeah. do that with a technical, you, you know, how you get judged and graded. And by the way, he's the only man to ever get seven tens before in the world championships, seven tens out of seven judges. How technical is that? How great is that concentration? So it's been done. And some of that's God given those three men. I just, just said were God given intangibles, obviously, and also God given ability to check the box to be there. So to me, under pressure is you can practice those situations. So when you get there, it's like I, I would line, I'd start lining up. You've done it so much. It's like chewing gum. It's like riding a bike. I knew I was going to run that dig route. I sat there and read the safety. The safety's getting deep. Linebacker's coming up, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slip right behind him. I know where the chains are. I don't have to look because I've already surveyed it. Everything has to happen in split seconds. But right. I've done it so many times in my head. Like Tom Brady, two minutes left. Roger Stallback's another one. I mean, Captain Comeback for all you old cowboy people. I That's mean, right. how many times did they do that? Uh, it's unbelievable. So you can practice those things. It's And if you don't, you probably aren't going to be as good. But the physical, the mental, and then go look at people that's done it. Love it, man. I don't know about any, everybody else that's out there listening, but I've been savoring every minute that, Jeff, you've been speaking. I just – I'm so blown away, man. You got a lot of – I got one more thing to say, if that's all right. My favorite yeah. – because I know you put this on here. I, I got to give him a plug because I got to spend a lot of time. I knew about him, didn't know a lot about him, and and it's Dennis Thurman. And for all you old Cowboys, if, if you played with him or any of that stuff, they called him Nate Thurman because Mike Ditka, um, the great Mike Ditka, there was Nate Thurman, basketball player. Couldn't mm-hmm. remember that Dennis, so it was Nate. But DT has been with me, and I've coached with him. Uh, about 10 years. He's our defensive coordinator here at Jackson State for Coach Prime. He coached Coach Prime with, uh, with the Baltimore Ravens when Rex Ryan were there. They were there, Coach Prime, when he was 37, his last tour uh, as, as an NFL player, played nickel. But uh, Dennis Thurman is very unique. A lot of people haven't, and he never brags about himself. You don't know it. But uh, this man right here was, uh, first of all, a great DB coach. He was a coach on the field. He played with Roger Stallback and all them. He's on the drive. Doesn't like talking about it against the 49ers. He, he makes a tackle. He's number 32 on there. He's at the front covering Freddie Solomon. Okay. And, you know, and in the back, he's got walls back there where Dwight Clark makes the catch. So, anyway, so DT had his guy. And, you know, it was just, uh, you know, he says that, you know, the whole, the whole thing's this is everybody thinks he was trying to throw the ball away or, 
I don't know. You can just twist it the way you want. But anyway, you know, Joe Montana made a great throw and a great catch. But DT was, like I said, on the field, unbelievable coach. Still is unbelievable coach. Um, Danny White gave him the nickname Thurman's Thieves. They had seven picks. Okay. On Joe Theismann's birthday. Number 32, Dennis Thurman. He's my favorite cowboy. All right. Hey, that's something new out there, guys. Look him up. I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure all the diehard Cowboys fans out there that are listening, because trust me, and Jeff, I know you know, because you, you, like you said, you live here in Corpus Christi. You know there's a lot of Cowboys fans down here. Oh, so yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure they're like, they know exactly who you're talking about right now. And, and Eric, you realize I'm not even a Cowboy fan. <laughs> I know, I know. But I don't hate. I want everybody right. to say, you know, coaching the National Football League, I don't hate on the Cowboys. Uh, you know, but I, I knew my, I knew they weren't going to win because Mike McCarthy and no no disrespect to him. I know everybody's piling on him. I think he's a good coach. He's they're all good coaches. Don't you know? Just like Sean Payton, he, he kind of if you watched in any any sports this week, you know he kind of had his little take on the last play. But uh, right. Mike McCarthy's a great coach. He's a great man. He works his butt off. But you know, and I'm not going to sit there. It's it's my profession. I'm going to build him up because, like I said. Uh, the, the armchair quarterbacks of the world, armchair coaches of the world are already piling on. So he did, they did a great job and we'll see if Sean Payton after next year is that head coach. Cause that's probably the feeling. That, that's, that's what a lot of people are thinking, man. A lot of people want to see it also. So, well, we're winding down. Um, wow. Uh, I'm kind of at a loss for words right now, Jeff, cause this <laughs> like surpassed my expectations today. I had like a billion things to ask you, but, just listening. Um, I just love listening to your knowledge, man. And I'm pretty sure everybody listening on the the podcast today is, is feeling the same way. So once again, thank you for joining us. Um, all I can say is, Jeff, thank you. I, hey, I, no really, problem, I appreciate, really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, Eric. And, and uh, it's been fun. And, uh, you know, I like talking about this kind of stuff. You know, I can talk about sports forever in life because it's uh, – I get up every day like I, you know, I've always been a happy kid and all that stuff. But meeting people and just just to sit there and say to meet someone like Coach Prime to see that, you know, I didn't expect what I'd get, what I got from it. But it, it's it's such a breath of fresh air because he's given me a new new lease a little bit. And, and you know, I thank him for that. And uh, thank you for let, letting me get out here and speak. And, and you know, I want to say Jackson State, we're on the map. You know who we are now. Uh, That's 11, right. We fell a little short. I got to give credit to South Carolina State. They beat us in the bowl game. But uh, don't worry. We're striving for 13-0. and And I believe, as we say here at Jackson State, go Tigers. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Once again, this is Jeff Weeks, coach, teacher, and I have to say all around, just badass guy. Jeff, thank oh, you. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you all. Once again, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Poison podcast with our guest and my friend Jeff Weeks. Don't forget to like, share, and follow, and add us to your playlist on Spotify. And be on the lookout and keep an ear out for more Poison Under Pressure.